When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So if you're a Porsche driving, vest wearing, uh, American, oh, building, believe- contractor, maternity ward, parking, man or woman, mm-hmm. you're a dick. Hello and welcome back to Test Tube Baby. We're recording on a Friday morning. I'm sorry, what? Who are we? Who are we? It's not Sunday evening. It's not even, dare I say it, Monday morning. Oh, no, 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 no. It's Friday morning. So proud of us. I've decided we're going to create like a day in the week that is our pod day. Such a good idea. And every week we record it on the same day so it's ready to go for a Monday morning because that 7am time is is prime time, guys. I know. We see you all. We see you between the hours of 7 and (laughs) 9 downloading. (laughs) So we want to catch you. Yeah, I'm, be there for I'm you in the so morning. proud of us. I mean, the reason why is because we are exceptionally busy this weekend. Although that's not stopped us in the past. We've been exceptionally busy and still not recorded. We've been time. busier than this oh, and yeah. not recorded. Oh, I don't know. We're just really disorganized, aren't we? What day would you choose out of interest if we're going to have an official recording Test You Baby Day? Because it's like a work, it's like a job then, isn't it? It's like a work thing, a commitment. Probably Wednesday or Thursday. I thought Wednesday too. <laughs> well, what? Well, I work on... That's I'm, why we're getting married. That's why it's happening. I work on Monday late nights yeah. and then all day Tuesday doing edits ready for Tuesday afternoon. So Wednesday is like my first like free day of the week. We don't want to record on a Monday and put it out the following Monday. That's no. too much you know, time difference. It doesn't, it doesn't feel relevant. It doesn't feel topical. Things could have changed. And no one wants to work over the weekend. So I think a Wednesday or a Thursday record would be preferable for us. Probably a morning, just because we're a bit fresher after work. You've spoken all, you know, your job is to talk. You're a little bit tired. I love how we've, like, started this episode with a bit of life admin. Well, we need to. Uh, Live on the podcast. What better time to discuss the podcast than on the podcast? Oh, it makes perfect sense. So if you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for joining along. And if you're an OG Test You baby listener, we see you. We love you more than chocolate. What else do we love you more than? Coffee? I don't know if I no. love many things more than coffee. I don't love much more than chocolate either, to be honest. Really? Do you love me more than chocolate? Yes. Oh my God, there was a silver no. half a second. It was my brain thinking about what both things bring to my life. <laughs> and there is nothing that will compare to the taste of a chocolate button out the fridge or the freezer, indeed. I believe there's nothing that compares to the love that you bring to the table. No, well, that's, that's the only thing, though. Like other chocolate. Definitely not. But I think that very specific niche example of chocolate eating is God tier life. Like fridge cold snappy chocolate. Fridge cold snappy chocolate buttons. Snappy. That just 
Oh, nice little sound effect. Mm. Love it. I'd love to know, are you a fridge eater or a cupboard eater? Because Tris and I religiously put our buttons, our chocolate in the fridge. I just want to do a little quick uh, explanation for anybody who's listening across the pond. Because I've had people message me before going, what's a chocolate button? Apparently they don't have them in America, or at least certain states they don't have them. Because they have stuff like Hershey's Kisses, which are just... Is that a similar shape? No, it's like a... You know the top of an ice gem? Yeah. It's like shaped like that, but comes in foil and there's a little bit of paper and you pull the paper and it opens itself up. Now, what? they're not that nice. American chocolate tastes disgusting. Sorry, guys. I'm so sorry to everybody that Trish just said. But they know, they know. Americans religiously know. They're like, I'm going to come to the UK and get some chocolate because it's amazing. Do you know why that is? Is it the sick thing? No, it's because of, well, sort of, it's because of milk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay, I'm going to butcher this fact now, but I'm going to try my best. In America, obviously, your country is far, far bigger than where we're based. And so if lorries are transporting chocolate from factories to shops to get them distributed, then they have to travel like vast swathes of American land and territory. Tristan is shaking his head. It's the milk thing. Yeah, I know. So I haven't haven't finished yet. So it cannot be like a sort of refrigerated sort of... uh, extra fresh situation when it comes to the chocolate ingredients. You're looking at me so perplexed. Do you just want to explain this? But you've said it's the milk. You said it's the chocolate getting to the shops that's the problem. No, but it's everything getting to everywhere. The issue is that the chocolate factories are really far away from where all the milk is is produced. Okay. Because you think about it, milk needs to be produced on a farm. For a farm, you need vast open spaces. And there are understandably lots of places in America that aren't like that. So if you imagine a country where your milk is on one side and the chocolate factory is on the other. And it's a really big country. To get the milk from point A to point B is too far. So they use powdered milk. Yes. And add in a certain flavouring to give it this weird shit taste. Oh, there you go. Because they've become used to having this powdered milk, horrible, not creamy chocolate thing. Once the Panny D is over, if you come over to the UK, American listeners, go to any kind of shop and buy some Cadbury's chocolate buttons because they are just so good. They're God tier chocolate. I know, but I tell you what's above that. M&S, giant chocolate buttons. Oh, They're so good. Is there an M&S in Australia, in America? No. No. There won't be in Marks and Spencer's in Australia. Or America. (laughs) (laughs) But they... Maybe we shouldn't record on a Friday morning. No, perhaps not. We've not even started the fucking intro yet. (laughs) Anyway, the point is that chocolate buttons are like a god-tier type of chocolate. If you're looking for a brand, Cadbury's is the one. I can't really recommend many others other than perhaps like... That was nice. I like Milky Bar. Oh, Milky Bar is good. That's a white chocolate. That is a white chocolate. Oh my goodness. So welcome to this episode of Our Favourite Chocolate with Tristan and Miranda. But it's a great start. It is a good start. So my name is Miranda Burns and over there, do you know what I had in my mind to say, which feels so irrelevant now? Go on. I was going to say that you're a part-time podcast editor and you're a part-time gardener because you're doing the garden over the weekend. But now we've talked about chocolate for so long that just does, that just falls flat. The point flat. still stands though. Well, you are. Go on. Do you want to explain very briefly because we've oh, taken God, we've too taken long. we've taken too much time. I'll do it in as few words as I can. Miranda, parents, garden, party, needs, fixing. <laughs> Weekend. S- Me. Miranda's dad. Heavy lifting man. Skip bricks. <laughs> Membrane. Bark. Yeah, Tristan's reading the top of, top of the garden with my beers. dad over the weekend. Beers. Oh, you beers. Could, oh my gosh, you should bring beers. And you can listen to music. But it's not like... It, uh, I don't I don't know if that's like your dad's scene. He's a very he's a he's a gentleman, right? A I gentleman. can't imagine your dad in a white vest with a spade out in the garden listening to I don't know, Magic FM. 
sink, I, sinking tinnies with a couple of mates digging out the garden. I don't think he even owns a vest. I don't think I've ever seen my dad in a vest. Ever. But that's that's a sign of his quality of gentleman. The get up he 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 knocks about it. Not that we have anything against people that wear vests. No, I, I I quite like a vest. I was gonna wear a vest today. Were you? Yeah. <laughs> but I went through my door and I couldn't find my black one. But I, I, I love a good vest. It is just the calibre of gentleman that he is. Yeah. I don't think he'd be seen. He I do want to say he did used to play in a band and he would bring beers to like the band's rehearsals. Oh, yeah. but it's very different being a workman in a garden. True, true. Wolf whistling at women who wander by. I want my mum going up to the allotment. <laughs> 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 it's the top of the garden, Tristan. No one's there. I want to create an environment, an atmosphere of this kind of laddish sort of. Yeah, I want. I want a a radio that's covered in paint splatters. Why and, don't you bring a gin and tonic instead? He'll have a gin and tonic or a pina colada. Lo- oh, oh, that's my more dad. like my kind of afternoon, to be honest. Yeah. Do you know what? Get those ones that are in little bags and you put them in the freezer. They set and then you rip open the top of the bag and you pour it in. It's like a slushy. So good. But. If you like pina colada, but what? What you? What's? What's? What is confusing you about that? Freshly made pina colada. There's nothing quite like it, Miranda Burns. <sighs> Maybe with a straw and an umbrella in it as well. Why not go the whole hog? A Perhaps little a little slice of pineapple, pineapple on the rim. Yay. He knows. He knows. Uh, so wherever you I'm are. So sorry. We're so far into this. <laughs> We have got a, we have got a conversation to have. So, it's actually a really good episode today. <laughs> Look, and wherever you are, we hope you're having the best day. Thank you so much for listening and getting through what was an absolute shambles of an introduction. Um, so if you're new to our podcast family and test you baby, we're chatting through all things IVF and our current pregnancy, which as it stands is at 25 weeks by the time you are listening to this episode. 25 weeks? Even, oh my God. Even the 24 is the milestone. 25 feels more rounded because it's oh. like... A quarter of a century yeah. worth of weeks. It hit me that we're at the six month mark. Six oh, months. Crikey. Half a year. I've been pregnant for half a year. Are you joking? What? 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 I, I cannot compute that. I just simply can't. So in true Tristan and Miranda style, there will be a whole lot of tangents more than one euphemism and inevitably will expose and embarrass ourselves. That may well be the longest tangent we've ever been on. Maybe we just broke a record. How far? You can see the time. How long have we been recording? Uh, nine minutes and 30 seconds. Oh my God. <laughs> we've only done the introduction. We're like the quarter way through a podcast and Jesus. we've only just finished the intro that normally takes Two minutes. I'm so sorry, everyone. Right, so today's episode, we're actually going to get into the juicy stuff now. Today's episode is all about medical appointments, but in particular, those slightly more difficult ones uh, when they go a little bit wrong and you are met with a medical practitioner who maybe is perhaps a little bit difficult. And we're going to give you some tips on how to handle them and how to cope and also just some solidarity uh, because we're going to (laughs) tell you what happened at our consultant appointment. If you listen to last week's episode, you'll know that we were very excited because we were having our first consultant appointment. We're a consultant-led pregnancy, technically because we're high risk uh, due to a whole accumulation of factors, including the fact, obviously, that we're an IVF pregnancy. That apparently makes you high risk, even though the guidelines in the UK state that once a baby has been conceived via IVF and is then in utero, it is no more higher risk than a normal pregnancy. That's what the guidelines say. Our hospital just seems to have a slightly different approach. So for that reason, uh, also I used to have epilepsy. I think we must have mentioned that on the podcast before, but that's obviously something to take into consideration. And of course, the fact that we have had a second trimester miscarriage. And so uh, they just sort of, they, they want us on their, what's the word? 
They want us on the radar. Radar, that's the one. Yep. So that's why we're technically high risk and that is why we are consultant led. So we were having this appointment at the point at which you were listening to last week's episode. Um, and needless to say, it didn't go so well. A, a whole heap of things, in fact, went terribly wrong um and the potentially the worst part was the actual appointment itself but stuff went wrong on the sort of outside of this as well now we've mentioned in previous episodes about hospital parking and how important it is that when you're going to have a baby you are prepared for the monumental investment that is hospital parking (laughs) yes you want to take a mortgage out on that ship because (laughs) it's going to cost you a lot of money and our hospital we've mentioned before has some building work going on which means that what would normally be maybe 20 spaces worth for maternity is now at like seven yeah oh it's It's, really bad it's fucking awful yeah so we arrived as we normally would do and went past all these spaces and there was one free and this twat in a porsche cayenne um which can be used in many circumstances because generally they are twats who drive porsche you need to stop offending people today we might have a porsche driver listening i don't think our listeners are porsche drivers you've offended you've basically offended everyone in america anyone who owns a vest and anybody who has a porsche and don't underestimate them some of our listeners might be porsche drivers if you're an american porsche driving vest wearing man or woman even i am so sorry but you're probably a twat. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, Tristan. I'm being polarising. You are. This. I've this are technique. you trying to get in the Daily Mail? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's being controversial, people. He's, exactly. He's I'm trying, trying, to, to, trying to inject some... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, this person had parked essentially across two spaces. It was really bad. It was it really was poor parking. shocking parking. I know yeah. they're narrow spaces, but even our little polo couldn't fit in there, yeah. and our polo's the size of a tin can. Um, so we had to go around to the multi-story car park, which is like a 10-minute walk it's away from the so thing. so far away. And it's uphill, so Miranda's like waddling along. Um, it was a quite a sad, sorry state of affairs, to be honest. Yeah, at the point, at that point, I was 24 weeks pregnant. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm getting relatively big now. I've put on a stone and a half in weight since my pregnancy journey has begun. So I'm, I am, Same. <laughs> I'm feeling it. Okay, I'm, I'm feeling it. My back hurts a little bit more. And obviously this is only going to get worse as I get progressively bigger. So the fact that you cannot park outside the maternity ward is really, really irritating. The fact that the car park you can park in feels like it's miles away and like Tristan said, is an uphill struggle makes it even worse. And I don't know about you, but I cannot imagine you being 36, 37, 38 weeks (gasps) going in for those last appointments and parking in a multi-story car park and going... I'll just wander over. It's fine. No. Like it, it's it's such a long way. It's literally from one side of a hospital to the other. Mm. Like you can see the perimeter fence of one side, yeah. and then you cross the hospital and you can see the perimeter fence of the other side. It's a fucking mile. It's a trek. It's a proper trek, and some of it is over like rough terrain, isn't is it? it? <laughs> no, but it is. It is. It Got is. my hiking boots. That DV coming <laughs> handy. But you know what I mean? Like, as in, there are these little gravel paths that cut through, like, grassy bits. And there's pavement that has got over-spilling drains that you have to walk into the road to get round. And there's cars that are parked up on the pavement and you have to go around them. Like, it's not a simple walk from A to B. Like, as the crow flies, it's not probably not too long. But when you incorporate all these different factors that you have to avoid, it's like an obstacle course. It's like your Lord of the Rings and you're going from yes, the Shire going from to the Mordor. Shire to Mordor. It's a bit of a trek and I need some supplies. But the thing is, that's the reason that the hospital have put parking by the maternity ward, right? They've put that parking there because they're like, okay, our main car park is 
about an hour away. So we need to give people <laughs> places they can park nearby when they're pregnant. What are we going to do? Let's remove all the spaces. And you know those porter cabins, yes. right? So if you think about when you go to a building site, not that you do often, but you know what I mean, and you see what looks like a shipping container with windows and yep. some stairs, they've put those in on the spaces. I understand it's important to have offices for these building workers because, you know, they need somewhere to sit sometimes. But... They've also then blocked off like four spaces yeah. for the builders to park. The, ad- the adjoining spaces. So really what, what should have happened is the builders should be parking in the multi-storey and walking over. And then the people who are pregnant should just have the right to those spaces. As we were waddling back from the multi-storey car park to the maternity unit, we went past three empty spaces that have been cordoned off with tapes that you cannot park here because they're for the builders. Was anybody in them? Nope. They were just empty. They weren't even being used. I thought we could have parked there and would have saved all of this. You know what I'm going to add to the list of people I don't like? Oh, no. Building contractors who take up maternity spaces. Yeah, well, do you know what? I'm with you on that one. There you go. So if you're a Porsche-driving, vest-wearing, American, building (laughs) contractor, maternity ward parking man or woman, Mm -hmm. you're a dick. You're you're a super dick. I just want to say that you have labelled everybody in America this simply because you don't like their chocolate. Oh, now no. there will be Americans who I, don't like I, chocolate. I love Americans. There's a video <laughs> going the rounds at the moment of <laughs> these girls who are obviously like 17, 18, about to go to college. And in America, going to college is the biggest thing, right? In the in the UK, you go to university, you maybe get a hoodie that you wear. Perhaps when you're cold, right? Yeah. In bed at home. I don't think I even bought one. I, I, I've got ones from rugby, but like they're not a... Yeah. I'm not going to say my uni because it's actually quite depressing. But <laughs> they have the name of the university across the front of them. In America, you like shout it from the rooftops. So these girls are like, my name's Abby May and I'm going to Texas Christian University. And they're so happy. Go Tigers or something. <laughs> and they've got on t-shirts with all these kind of branded things from their uni on their college. And they do it really quickly in these deep southern accents, <laughs> and they're really funny. And there's people who, you know, taking the piss out of it a little bit. But that's American culture. Everything in America that can be big is, big. is bigger. Oh my gosh! Right? Like, um, like school football, like, yeah, college American football that is bigger yes. than the NFL because there's more money in bigger stadiums. Yeah, Cheer. huge school. I look. You guys are like patriotic within your school environment that is so fun even their fucking military right yeah so in the uk we you'll have heard of it the red arrows right i fucking love them they as a brand of a branch of the raf have planes that are like 50 years old because the daily mail would be right on their backs if they had the brand new jets and we're yeah. doing crazy stuff with them and whatever america have the opposite attitude America and like, we're going to show off our best stuff. And they have these fast jets that are like multi-million pound aircraft flying formation flying. It's like, that's their way of being like, we're the best in the world. (laughs) I've just clocked the time. Sorry, guys. So Americans, we do actually love you. So I'm going to strike Americans off that list. Thank you. And I'm going to put back on the list. Why don't you do the creators of Hershey? Why don't you do that? Yeah, I'm going to put on Hershey's. Okay. There you go. (laughs) Mr. Hershey, you're on the list. There we go. Lovely. So as you can imagine, we arrived at the maternity ward and we were Oh god, we're not even in We're not even in the bloody hospital yet. We need to hurry up a little bit. (laughs) You're editing this. I know. You're editing it. It'll be a long one, but people enjoy it. Yeah, I hope hope so. Please keep listening. I promise we will get to the point. Um anyway, yeah, we got in, we weren't in the best mood, but it's fine, whatever. We were then confronted with a very moody, sarky, bossy midwife who um did my blood pressure and stuff. I'm not gonna go into the ins and outs of her because she's not the main culprit in the story, but she was a difficult, 
unwelcoming, rude woman. And she was not pleasant to be around. I've had two previous interactions with her, actually, and found her horrible both times. So that's three times now. It's not a coincidence anymore. So I might even complain about her at some point. But whatever, we'll park that for now. The main issue came down to our actual appointment. Do you want to take it away, Tris? So we waited 40 minutes sat in a waiting room. And as you guys will know, we have had some pretty bad experiences in our hospital. And it was literally just around the corner from where we were when we found out Amberley wasn't going to make it. So it's quite a nervous and unpleasant place for us to be at the best of times. Add into that that we're then waiting for an appointment um, with a consultant. Because of that, it all kind of comes back. So we waited 40 minutes for an appointment with, let's say... Should we call her Dr. A? Yeah, Dr. A. So we were waiting for an appointment with Dr. A, who was our consultant, who dealt with everything when we lost Amberly, And we were supposed to have an appointment with a different consultant. A midwife changed our appointment to be with Dr. A because consistency of care post-miscarriage is the most important thing. So for us, we were like, absolutely, let's go back to, to Dr. A. Now, I just want to say the reason why consistency of care is so important is because studies have been done that show that the chance of baby survival increases when you have consistency of care post-miscarriage, baby loss, stillbirth. Um, so if you are somebody who's experienced uh, miscarriage or baby loss, firstly, I'm just so sorry. Uh, but secondly, if you get man- if you manage to get pregnant, again then please do insist that you are seen by the same midwife and the same doctor throughout the pregnancy it's so important um i think it's tommy's is a big miscarriage uh, charity over here and there's another charity as well who did who'd like launch this campaign so we knew the statistics behind this and therefore we're well aware that we should be being seen by the same doctor and like tristan's already said this midwife um, intervened and was like nope these guys need to see the same doctor so yeah dr a was our doctor of choice So we were sent to her clinic. So we were under the impression, and as we were told before by our midwife and the receptionist who booked us in all those months ago, that we would see Dr. A. It's part of her clinic, but we would see her. We were then called through by Dr. B. And Dr. B was not the person we thought we'd see, not someone we'd ever seen before, and from the get-go did not seem the most, I don't want to say competent, but I think for our situation, she didn't feel like the best person to see us. The start of the appointment was a little bit muddled and she was kind of going through her notes because this is someone who's never seen you before, right? Exactly, doesn't know who I am. The first time they have anything to do with you is when you walk in the room and they open your notes and start reading through everything. So she reads all the information about the past. And the whole reason, apart from the fact that the, the chances of a successful pregnancy go up when you have consistency of care the other thing is that when you've been through something like we have you don't want to have to sit and explain it to someone right it's not fun it's it's just the worst thing and it brings everything back and it feels like an unnecessary step when you could be seeing someone who knows everything already exactly so she opens miranda's notes and she starts reading through stuff and i'm not i just want to say she was running 40 minutes late yeah what i would have much preferred is if she'd have run 45 minutes late and taken five minutes to read the notes beforehand rather than read them whilst we're sat in front of her that might have been a slightly more efficient usage of her time so she opens our notes and she's reading through stuff and she turns around to us and she goes okay so just just one baby this time not triplets and we were like we we looked at us so confused we, we didn't know what she, we were like what maybe, we thought she got someone else confused with us maybe she mm. thought we were someone else and we we're like no 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 it's an ivf it's it's just one just one embryo transfer she's like so not triplets then i was like what what do you mean triplets and didn't she say she was like your your last pregnancy was triplets and we were we were kind of puzzled and we then 
realise what she'd done. Yeah. She flicked back to the report from Amberly's post-mortem and from our midwife at the beginning of our pregnancy who wrote down all our details of our of our previous pregnancy. Um, and she had read the word triploidy as triplets. Now, triploidy is the chromosome abnormality that Amberly had, which means she wouldn't make it. I don't quite know which one it affects, but I know it yeah. means that they have an extra chromosome somewhere. And that... As a medical professional. As a consultant who specialises in high-risk pregnancies. Is the minimum. Oh, my God. You should understand. And do you know what she did then? She went, because we obviously realised what happened. And I I got quite upset at that point because I was just like, how how can you not not know what triploidy is? I'm going to have to now explain this to you. And we were like, no, triploidy, that's the condition. And she then asked Tristan, okay, so which, which chromosome does that affect? Like Tristan's expected to know. She's the one that's supposed to know. She was asking us medical questions about triploidy. So even when we explained to her, no, triploidy doesn't mean triplets, she still didn't know what triploidy was. It wasn't that someone had like messy handwriting and she'd misread it. She just didn't know what triploidy was. She asked Tris what it meant. It's, oh my God, it makes me so angry. I was pretty angry in the I moment could, yeah, as well. I could feel your anger. But like you try and keep calm and stuff, and, but you, you can't help but get frustrated because so many times we've had this with medical professionals and in many ways there are doctors and nurses who are absolute miracle workers and most of them are because they are brilliant at what they do. Yeah. They play God on a day-to-day basis. But in that moment... It just shows the blind incompetence of some people. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like it's... You can't even excuse it. You, you try and play devil's advocate and think about, oh, maybe she read it wrong or maybe the handwriting was bad. But you cannot argue with the fact that when she read it, she saw trip, right? Maybe she thought it was triplets. We then explained to her, no, that's the chromosome abnormality that our daughter had, why why she didn't make it. It's why we, we had a miscarriage. To then ask what that is... Oh, my goodness. Like, I know. It feels like such a a massive thing in your role that you should know and understand. And she just didn't she didn't get it. She also didn't apologise afterwards. Nope. If I'd have been hired, I'd have been absolutely mortified. Instead, she kind of like smiled and oh, she almost laughed it off. She didn't laugh, but she almost like that was her attitude. Is like, oh, sorry. Okay, so, well, she didn't say sorry. I just went to do that because I'm British and I'm just so like naturally going to say sorry and apologise for things. But she just went, oh, okay. So what is triploidy? What, what does that, what does that that was her attitude back so Tristan then naturally brought up the point that we were supposed to be seeing Dr A Um, because at this point you know we were probably only about three or four minutes into the appointment it had already gone a bit tits up and you were like I want to see the doctor that we were meant to see so you just made this point you brought up the consistency of care thing and you said um, we were supposed to be seeing Dr A I'm not really sure like why we're seeing you you weren't accusing her you weren't rude about it at all you you were very diplomatic but essentially you were like i want to see somebody else um and she then accused you of being really stressed do you remember you forgot that bit she took it wrong i think in what i said i basically said to her you know we were under the impression that you know we were going to be seeing dr a because consistency of care and she's the person who dealt with our miscarriage last time and emotionally for us it's incredibly important that we have that consistency because i tried to make the point that we've just had to explain triploidy and yeah. not just that we had a miscarriage we had to explain what the miscarriage was and what the issue was yeah. and she took that as 
that I was stressed and so then decided to start offering us scans because I was stressed yeah. and re- accused me of being more stressed than you are. Yeah, she was like, yeah, I was going to ask you how stressed you are, um, but I think, Dad, Tristan, you, you're far more stressed. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you extra scans because I don't think that you can wait X amount of time because you'll get too worried. Which, I mean, I'm very grateful for extra scans, but it, th- that absolutely wasn't the point. She then said the awful line, which really upset me and angered me, um, which was, well, to be honest, that pregnancy doesn't matter anymore, does it? Because this one's fine and healthy. So you can just forget about that one, which was potentially one of the worst things that she could say. I, I actually think I almost found that more upsetting than the triploidy thing. The triploidy thing was triggering and already put in a bad place. But saying that Amberly's pregnancy just didn't matter and was irrelevant and therefore we didn't need to be worrying about it was so insensitive and so belittling and just such a massive underestimation of what you go through as a as a parent when you miscarry a baby um so i i at that point was at that point the it was a write-off for me i just was i was no longer happy um she then checked baby's heartbeat and squidge's heartbeat was fine which was good um but then it just gets worse and worse um she decided to tell us all the risks that can come with an ivf pregnancy and i still don't quite understand why she started doing that can you remember because it seemed to come out of nowhere just out of the blue she was like now this is why you're consultant led and she basically listed every single thing that can go wrong when you're pregnant with an ivf baby which i don't need to know thank you one of which was chromosome abnormalities another which was miscarriage another which was like stillbirth all this stuff and i'm like that you cannot go into an appointment and say Nice, who are the people who have the UK guidelines around pregnancy and things, state that IVF pregnancies, once conceived, are no higher risk of of issues than a normal pregnancy. The percentages don't increase. Once you're pregnant and once you've got that heartbeat, you're okay. Mm -hmm. You then cannot turn around to a couple who've not only had IVF, but also had a miscarriage. For chromosomal abnormalities. That we just had to explain to you and say, well, you're a higher risk of that. Yeah, it was. It, you know, it was unasked for. We we didn't want that particular bit of information, um, and she just gave it to us. And she was really a little bit relentless. She kept, just kept going. She just kept giving more and more reasons as to how it can go wrong. And f- firstly, I'm a little bit of the opinion that ignorance is bliss. I'd just kind of rather n- not know. Um, secondly, it's also just a little bit patronising to think that we don't know that these things exist because, like, obviously, I've done my research. I do understand that there can be some complications, but I'm also just trying to park that and think positively um and yeah i don't know it just came out of nowhere and she just just didn't stop explaining it we didn't ask for that information she just gave it to us anyway i think she was trying to justify why you were seeing her when tris was like why are we seeing dr b not dr a she was like no this is why you're seeing doctors in general i think she misunderstood there was a lot of misunderstanding so she was a consultant registrar which is like part of the team that Dr. A works with. There'll be Dr. A who runs the clinic and then registrars who work underneath her, who people are are given as a doctor for an appointment. Her take on it was that everyone who is within Dr. A's team has the same attitude towards things and you will get the same care regardless of who you see. I don't quite think she realised that our point was, no, we don't care that that's the case. We care about seeing the same doctor who understands shit. So we wouldn't have to sit there yeah. and tell you what 
fucking triploidy is. These mistakes don't happen. You don't put us through more unnecessary stress and upset. Nonetheless, we finished the appointment and went to the reception desk and told the receptionist that we would like an appointment with Dr. A next time. And she was incredibly apologetic that we didn't see her. She was like, this absolutely should have happened. And she was like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you on the same clinic next time. However, I will put a note on it that says you need to see this doctor. We left and we were we were pretty pretty sad and feeling a little bit shit. Like we we planned to try and do like a photo outside the hospital from yeah, around his Instagram to say had. like consult an appointment twenty four weeks woohoo. And we left and we're like we just don't we we're not even in the mood for standing and trying to smile for a well, photo. I, I, this is what I was like. Well, that would just be fake. Like I try and be very honest on my Instagram and transparent. And I was like, I'm not going to pose and be happy outside the hospital when this woman's like pushed me to tears. <laughs> like I'm, there's nothing to celebrate. And it was rubbish as well because I then had to go to work. Literally, like I dropped Tristan home and then I drove off to work. So we couldn't even be with each other to sort of digest it and go through everything that had happened. We just separated for the next four hours. So I was then driving down the motorway to go to my radio show just sort of in tears having to skip through my playlist on spotify because every time i landed on a sad song i just got more and more upset and i was like i need to listen to happy stuff i'm gonna cry i can't rock up to work with like puffy eyes um so yeah it was just it was not ideal now i'm gonna say before we go any further that we are going to complain we've spoken to our midwife about it she said it's unacceptable she's been absolutely brilliant um and yeah we're going to uh, fight for change uh, so that someone else doesn't have to go through that i also just think it's terrible that we were absolutely categorically promised that we were going to be seen by one doctor and then it just didn't happen it's don't promise things that you then can't fulfill basically that's that's the that's the be all and end all i would have rather missed that appointment to be honest and just rebooked him for a different time if that doctor was busy if dr a was sick whatever i'd have rather they just called and let us know and would have seen somebody else anyway so all of this um, has inspired today's episode, which is coping mechanisms for doctor's appointments when they go wrong. I don't know necessarily whether we coped particularly well with the with the IVF consultant appointment. I, I, I don't think necessarily that's the best example. Um, but I will say that from years and years of experience, we have managed to create a little bit of a toolkit that gets you through these rougher appointments. And the very first point that I want to make is bring someone with you. I am so glad that Tristan was there for last week's appointment. Imagine it if it had been this time last year. So right in the midst of COVID when everything was really, really terrible and you hadn't been able to come, Tristan, and I'd have had to go into that appointment by myself. Like it was nice to have you there as like backup, as someone who used to talk when I was getting upset and couldn't speak. So if it is possible to bring somebody with you for appointments, please never go by yourself. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. As that second person as well, you will know that if you're not in the appointment, everything you get told is hearsay. Obviously, you believe and you understand what that person has said, but it takes being in that appointment and hearing not just what's said, but how it's said to understand exactly how it felt. And if you're in that appointment as well, chances are you have the same emotional response to a lot of stuff that the other person has. So for both of us to leave that appointment, uh, we walked down the hallway and I, I, we turned to each other and we were like, that was awful. awful. And we both said it, you know, there was no trying to, to validate your, your argument and the way you feel about something. We both instantly agreed. We were like, that was, that was just horrendous. Yeah. And then we kept remembering little things. And if you're on your own, there's no one to bounce these things off and like ask, did that really happen? Is yeah. that, was that really what she said? There's like, no one to share in your upset as well and feel like supported by. It's really nice when you're leaving the hospital, like Tristan said, to have somebody next to you who's like, yeah, oh my God, I heard that too. I get it. And at the same time, if it's not a shit appointment and it's a lovely appointment, yeah. it's someone to share in the positives with, you mm-hmm. know, I can't, you know, did you see that kick or, oh, did you see that? Oh, she said that as well. It was so lovely. And there are so many positive things to take out of appointments. It very rarely happens that you get an appointment like this. Mm-hmm. But when it does, it's important that you have someone there to share the bad things with you and to understand and to help you through it. And at the same time, when it's good, it's good to be able to share these moments because they are moments that come around, you know, very, very rarely. rarely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I will always say like strength in numbers and, and you know, it's just, it's like having someone to advocate for you. So I'm not as ballsy as Tristan. And when we were in the appointment, I don't think, <laughs> I'm just not, I'm not, I'll admit it. I don't think I would have had the nerve to say to her, why are we with you? Why are we not with Dr. A? Whereas Tristan said that. So that point had been made. When we make our complaint, she can't deny that that was said. I'd been wanting to say it since the start of the appointment and then she yeah. started saying shit and I was like, fuck it. You're like, I have my reason now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going in. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think if you can bring someone with you, I completely understand that at the moment. That might not be as easy as possible. Um, but if you can't bring someone with you, I would perhaps recommend having a phone consultation or like a Skype or a Zoom consultation instead if they offer that. And then you can have somebody with you in your home so yeah you just you just you just need that extra person strengthen numbers someone to advocate for you and to validate your concerns 
the next point that I'm going to make uh, kind of ties in quite nicely with the previous one, actually, which is to write lists of all the questions that you have so you don't forget. Now, having someone with you helps because you've got two brains. Two brains better than one. Someone will remember something that you otherwise might not have remembered. Um, But if you do have to go by yourself or if you're going with someone, it's still nice to do. Bring a list of everything that you want to have covered during that appointment. These appointments often are like 10, 15 minutes long, maybe 20 at a push if you're lucky and you have a very generous doctor. Um, So you try, you need to try and cram in as much information as you possibly can so you can get as much from it as you possibly can because you might not be seeing this person now for another like two months. Pregnancy is a weird thing. So is IVF. You know, you can see someone and then it's three months later that you see them again. Unless of course you're doing a short protocol, which is very different and you see them every single day for two weeks solidly. And yeah, they know your your birthday and your address and your mother's maiden name off by heart. Um, But yeah, so I think if you can get as much out of that appointment, you'll feel more satisfied afterwards. And it's very easy when you go into these appointments to feel a little bit flustered. Even when you go, say, to see a GP about an ingrowing toenail or something like that, it's still flustering. It's difficult. You are emotional. You're upset. You might be in pain. So writing things down, having a little checklist of questions that you can go through is so helpful. And I used to do it with all my endometriosis um, and just ladies' problems in general, all those appointments I would go with a list in my phone um, and to kind of rattle through it all I would actually recommend writing it down just simply because I think there's something that feels slightly more authoritative is that the word like having a piece of paper or a book and putting it out on the desk in front of the doctor and saying these are my concerns rather than like kind of I don't know rushing through your phone and getting your your password wrong and all all this kind of stuff so if you can write it down and put it down on the desk and it's like a physical thing that they can see it means I mean business and yeah I just think that's really helpful know that you can change doctors right this person is qualified they are there for a reason but if they're not right for you there is no mandate that says you have to stick with them right you can be at a different hospital and you can change hospital if you want to, if you're under maternity care. If things aren't right for you, don't stick around just because you're like, well, this person's qualified and they know what they're doing. Yeah. They will be qualified and know what they're doing. However, if they're not the right individual for what you need and what you want, then don't feel you need to stick with them. Yeah. So there's a whole emotional side at play, isn't there? Like mental health and physical health, like they run hand in hand. Um, and so if you are, yes, being seen by a doctor perhaps who's helping you with the physical, literal, practical side of things, but emotionally, every time you go into that appointment, your heart rate skyrockets because you're feeling anxious and nervous. And then when you leave, you're feeling upset afterwards. That's going to do you absolutely no good whatsoever. Um, so yeah, listen to how you're feeling like emotionally as well as feeling physically when dealing with this individual and sack them off if you don't like them get rid move on to the next one I was actually listening to a podcast about pregnancy specifically and they were saying if you have a midwife that you don't like yes it's a a difficult conversation can I switch midwives but it's not personal it really isn't it's just what you and you yourself need so like Tristan says there's no ruling here that you have to stick with someone ask your clinic ask your I, I don't know there's like a line of man Management, isn't that you can go higher you don't even have to say it to the particular person you can say it to someone else and just express your concerns even the receptionist might be able to help and finally something that we live by is that you should always organize a treat for afterwards yes. okay and is it your nana that says yeah. a day without a treat is a day wasted it's or something a like great that great line and yep. it, it's it's a very 
expensive way to live <laughs> and also not a particularly healthy one in terms of your waistline but making sure that you have something organized for afterwards so whether it's let's go and grab something to eat or let's buy a film tonight, let's go to the cinema let's yeah. and it, it's things like that that whatever it is that makes you happy if you have something a to look forward to so that it gets you through a difficult appointment and b to reward yourself afterwards for being a badass and going to it and, <laughs> and laying down the law if you've got a consultant who's being a dick like make sure you have something there that is a positive for afterwards that yeah. you can work towards and will make all the problems go away yeah something to look forward to a little reward. I mean, this is where we went wrong after our consultant appointment because I then had to go to work afterwards. And you bought a pot noodle and a crunchy bar and yeah, went to work. Yeah, it like. was really sad. It was so tragic. So don't do what we did. Like, if you can, make sure that you've got an hour free after that appointment to go and, like, get coffee or McDonald's. Our favourite is, like, a Starbucks drive through We'll do that. Or we'll go to Macadies. Or we'll have, like, a takeaway in the evening. I mean, we're terrible. We it's, treat, it's a lot of food-based Yeah, based, we treat, food treat ourselves too much. Oh, dear. That's why we have no money, Tristan. I've worked it out. That's also why I've put on that third and a half that you have as well. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but honestly, I just think it's such a good idea. I used to do similar things with my mum, like when I would leave appointments. I think if I had like an epilepsy appointment when I was a child, uh, the hospital that we were treated at, I would have like a little corner shop. And afterwards, we'd go to there and like she'd maybe be like, Do you want to buy a chocolate bar? And I'd be like, Oh, yeah. And I'd leave my chocolate bar in the car on the way home. Just little things like that. Make those endorphins fly a little bit higher after what might have been quite a stressful and upsetting situation. I think that is it for today. If you like what you heard, the best way to support us is to leave a review, share with your friends, family, parents, guardians, vest-wearing, American, Hershey's <laughs> chocolate-eating, site-managing, maternity parking. There was another one. What was the other thing you complained? Porsche, Porsche driving. <laughs> Anyone. Porsche. And don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Now, I just want to preface, postface all of that with the fact that if you are any of those things please do not hate us i am uh, you know I'm, I'm doing it for the clout a bit of a laugh yeah tristan's got his sassy pants on i've today. got my sassy pants on and my vest no i think <laughs> i i i you know if you if you wear vests then i'm i'm an advocate of that i enjoy it i love how i'm like backtracking now i know um, you drive a porsche then it's a lovely car i'm really jealous I'd i drive i drive porsche. a bloody vw I'm, <laughs> I'm just jealous of you uh if you're american you know you're, you're pretty fucking cool anyway you know I like you guys. I've got family who are American, you know. Do you want to hand me the spade? Um, Stop digging. Um, what else did I say? If you, I oh know if you if you park in maternity spaces, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, no, that is that, that still stands. There you go. If you are not pregnant and you park in maternity spaces, screw you. You're a dick. You're a dick. Um, but yeah, please do share the podcast. You can uh, share it by like taking a little link from wherever you're listening from, whether that's on Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, or whatever. Um, and you can share it with people on WhatsApp or Facebook. Just send it around. We'd love to reach more people. Um, it makes my day whenever I get a message from someone who says, I've been listening to your podcast. Like I just discovered it or my friend recommended it. And I'm just like, oh, thank you. Like share the test to your baby love. It means the absolute world. Uh, and don't forget that you can see our faces over on Instagram. So Miranda.Burns. Tristan.Tall and test tube baby pod pod or podcast love you bye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 